Hello and welcome back to the My Journey podcast, a place where I document my freelance journey along with the help of my good friend Tom Scott. We discuss a whole range of different business topics here on the My Journey podcast. We do this by randomising topics from our long list, interviewing incredible guests and answering your questions. Once again, it's me and Tom are on the mic for this um, co-hosted episode. Um, we aren't going to be doing any of them things this week. We're not interviewing a guest, we're not randomising a topic and we're not answering a question. We've picked a topic ahead of time um, for this week's episode, but we'll get onto that in just a bit. Um, first things first, as always, how are you, Tom? What have you been up to? Much to report back on? Um, yeah, living that really busy life, you know, with everything. <laughs> I can be out every day. No, um, <laughs> back on back on furlough. Uh, it's, I mean, it's working out about two days a week at the minute. Yeah, I have to say these questions to see how we were getting on seemed like a really good idea when we first started doing these dual episodes, but there's never really much to report at the moment with just like the world grinding to a halt. But... Yeah, not at the minute. It's little, like, it's just little things like, can I go to the pub? Can I go to the cinema? I'm not going to the gym. I... Yeah. Like, unless I've been, I can tell you about my walk yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's that's been about it really, just kind of getting head down, cracking on with as much work as I can. Um, especially we've been working from home, we've been doing a lot of different building of spreadsheets at the minute, so it's always easier when you don't have any distractions from anywhere. You can just yeah get, get your head in with that. Uh, I've got my final exam is booked, and the week after that I have my endpoint assessment conversation with the like awarding body. Basically, all right, okay. for part of the apprenticeship, which is basically just looking over all the work you've done and questioning on questioning you on it, just to make sure basically that what you've said you've done, you've actually done. Yeah. Um, and there's other bits, but I have a meeting tomorrow about that to kind of go through the ins and outs of what to expect with it. So that's all within the end. With is within sight then. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the only downside is it's uh, the six weeks to get your results back but they take two weeks off for Christmas so it's going to be end of Feb probably by the time I know if I've so when is your exam then exams 10th of December alright okay and then the meeting is 17th but I did did a mock exam the other day and got 84% so 84 83% I was just shy of I need 86% to get distinction overall need the 70% to get a merit overall. I can't. Right, okay. Like, merit's the lowest I can get now, as long as I pass the exam, but I have to yeah. pass it to get the call, so... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, it's... it's Touch I go for that distinction, but it's it's within sight. Yeah, I'm feeling positive about it, because that was the first mock I'd done. In, even though we'd been doing classroom sessions, I probably hadn't done as much revision as what I yeah. probably could have done, but that's what the next few weeks are for, so... Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. How are things with you? Yeah, not too bad. I think um, not really. Like you say, not really much to update on. I'm still plugging away. Um, actually, got quite a few leads from new clients, which is quite interesting. Um, there is no update on the big client. Um, I think that. I have to admit, I think that's probably dwindling away now. But yeah. I will keep in contact with them. Still keep pushing them. See if we can get it because I would really like to do it. Um, but yeah, I just noticed like the last few weeks, and this is something we're going to come on to uh, on the main topic. But there's been an increase in like virtual events again, and like I, but it's taken a while. Like I thought when we went into the second lockdown, people would be right on it again, doing loads of webinars and stuff. But just not like 
happened really. And then like this last week or two, like this last week probably more than more so, I've just had loads of invitations to virtual events that are happening like the back two weeks of lockdown. Yeah. Now, it might be that people have to prepare them and stuff like that, but. One of the ones I just wanted to give a shout out is a um, group called Wired Curry. Um, so if you're in the like Humber region, definitely check these guys out. Um, connect with a guy called Les Selby on LinkedIn. He kind of runs it. And the idea is it's all like the digital sector kind of coming together. And pre-lockdown, pre-2020, we used to go for a curry um, once a month, I think it was. Just like yeah. different curry house. Go for a curry, have a few drinks and chat and stuff like that. Really nice like vibe. Obviously not being able to do that. Um and what they did, they've just started their new events. Is like somebody will bring like a topic or a business challenge or an issue that they're facing um, to like a Zoom event. And they kind of present their challenge or issue, whatever it is. And then everyone just kind of like feeds in and tries to solve that issue for them and like discusses it. Yeah. And um, the last one was the guy created a business on the side and he just didn't know how to promote it. So it was like all of the marketing people, all of us marketing people just jumping in with different ideas and stuff like that. And he, seem to get a lot from it and it's just like a really good little collaborative friendly event um so yeah if you're interested in that check out wired curry or connect with les selby on linkedin if you're listening um because i definitely recommend that um but then the other thing some podcast news we've hit another chart in another country i, I think i might get a world map and put it on the wall and start well, ticking them off, off had, yeah we've had like was it russia and uae a while back we've had um, Switzerland and Belgium, I think, on the last podcast, yep. and this time we've hit Ireland, and we 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 are dropping down the chart. We peaked, I think, at twenty, went straight in at number twenty, which is a good, good um, chart position. Um, and normally, what happens is you go in, and then like a day or two later, we're back out again. Like it's just because we've had a run on a certain episode or something like that. But we're still in, like, and this is four or five days later. We are dropping down. We're probably yeah. at about the 100 mark now, I think. I haven't seen today's figures. But hopefully with the new episode, that might just boost us back up. If we can do, I think, like a full week or two in the Irish chart, that would be pretty good. I'd be happy with that. It would be quite good. Yeah, because I think, uh, I'd take it that was through Apple. Yeah, it's through Apple. Yeah, because yeah. I'm pretty sure when you, when you drill down through... Uh, the Apple Podcasts app into each specific category. I think it shows it's like really random. Is it top sixty or something like that? Yeah, it's That's like on a the chart. Figure. So yeah, I think if you can stay in there, then you kind of got that prominent base, which hopefully means we stick around for a little longer. Yeah, definitely. So also, just welcome to all our Irish listeners um, today. You know, welcome to the podcast. This is what it's all about. Um, the the Drew Pervy effect seems to be tailing off as well. Like we we did, he was picking up as a lot of listeners and um, this last couple of weeks due to educating Manchester coming out, yeah. um, and him being the first episode. But that seems to have tailed off now because the series has finished. Uh, but you know, we'll survive with that one. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, is there anything else you wanted to update us on, or should we jump straight into the main topic? Nah, I'm fully covered. Yeah, let's jump into it. So this week, as I said, we're not interviewing a guest, we're not randomising a topic, and we're not answering your questions. Instead, we've decided on a topic ahead of today's episode. And you'll have noticed from the last two episodes, there's a bit of a lockdown theme going on with the uh, episode topics at the moment. And we're going to, unfortunately, be continuing that if you're bored of lockdown. But um, we, we think we're going to do it in a bit of a creative way, a bit of a different way, a bit different approach to lockdown. We're going to 
chat through um, the kind of changes we've seen as a result of 2020 and lockdown and things like that, and whether or not we think these changes will stick around. So this is from like a business professional point of view. So what we're going to do is we've both had a bit of a think off, off mic, and we're going to bring two topics each to the conversation, and then we're going to say whether or not we think they will stay, will continue in beyond lockdown and after a vaccine and everything. And secondly, whether or not we want it to stick around after a vaccine. So topic number one is something I saw one of my um, fellow co-workers mention on Twitter recently. Um, handshakes. I'm going to put that one out there first, Tom. Handshakes. Obviously, we've had to stop them. It was elbow bumps at the beginning, yeah. of lo- at the very beginning of the pandemic. And now, obviously, we're not allowed even within two metres of one another. So we definitely can't handshake. Am I wanting to see this come back? I'll be honest, I'm not really bothered. I think handshaking is one of these things that you've always been brought up to have a firm handshake and you've been a lot of the older generation, I would say, you know, not wanting to offend anyone, judge people on it. And I think it's such a irrelevant thing to judge somebody on a handshake. Yeah. The handshake doesn't show how good they are at what they do. Um, and also, I just think from like the hygiene point of view, we've, become more aware of how germs are passed and stuff like that that actually do I want to be shaking someone's hand all the time when yeah. actually the fact that we had to wash our hands at the beginning of the year was actually a really big deal says that people weren't washing their hands and stuff like that so I wouldn't be bothered if it didn't come back do I think it will come back yes I think the the business people within us and the kind of um you've seen it with the football like they're still handshaking at the end of a game and fist bumping and stuff like that. It's like, you can't get away from it. And I think it is almost an unwritten rule and an unwritten sign of respect that you shake hands with people when you meet them or you do a deal and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm not bothered, but I think it'll come back. What do you think? I'm exactly the same. Due to, I'd say, being in a small-ish office and the fact I'm very much not client-facing, like, on a day-to-day basis, I'm seeing people that I know all the time yeah it's it's never really something that comes up on my day-to-day sort of thing at work and yeah. then outside of work i've never particularly there's not many people that i meet that will do a handshake from off the back because it's either when i'm meeting people it's either friends who we just have no form of physical contact <laughs> or it's family where it's normally a hug or something that's more appropriate but yeah it's it's something that's never really come up, and I think that's just situational, really. Yeah, and I think it's like quite odd as well. Like when I go to networking events, I don't think about I don't think oh, I need to shake hands with everybody or anything like that. So I'll just like start talking to someone, start networking with them, or at any type of event or at a meeting, I'll just turn up to the meeting and start talking. Yeah. But then you get these people who just like. I don't know, just think you should shake hands. And like before you've even said a word, there's like this hand thrust in front of you and you've got to to shake it. And yeah, it's just, I think it's one of these things, it's just like too much, too traditional that I think even a year without it can't overturn that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be definitely there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big marketing campaign out there somewhere when everything hopefully starts going back to normal about getting out, doing business, shaking hands sort of thing. Yeah. And if I was a hand sanitizer company, I'd be on that because yes. 
hand sanitizer back a very good year and obviously once there's a vaccine and stuff like that people will probably move away from it and just move back to hand washing i would if i was them i would be playing on that someone like me who's still conscious of the the germs and the infections and other things not just covid and saying look take this in your pocket so when you're at networking events and they shake your hand you're you're protected kind of thing yeah but yeah yeah what's your um what's your first uh thing that has changed during lockdown it's got to be one of the big obvious ones of uh working from home <laughs> yeah it's majority of people i'd say have ended up working from home in some capacity or another even if it's just was for a bit of the start or they've started doing it in this later stage uh, I know throughout the UK the rulings are a bit different on it depending on where you are exactly so that has been different but yeah I think that is a very person by person and um, business type change that it will affect you in different ways Yeah. for me I spoke about it before I love it I get so much more done I find the days just go a bit quicker, it's easier, and the fact that you know, I know where everyone's going to be, because they should be at home, or with, at least within contact through email, like I know a lot of our, um, especially in like, the work we do, if I'm trying to get hold of like say a tutor for instance, they could be out teaching all day, and then they're going straight from that to a hotel because they're staying away, Yeah. so which they might not be checking their emails, which rightly so because they're probably not going to be working by the time they finish doing that yeah. so you've got that delay whereas when everyone's doing everything from home sort of thing it seems like you can get a response out of people quicker so if you had the choice i've seen this on linkedin loads like people trying to engagement bait people into voting um you've got three options work 100 percent in the office work 100 percent from home or a blended mixture in the middle which would you go for? I'd work 100% from home. Would you? I would. There's been a few things that have been brought up where it's like, well, this would be easier at home, but that's normally down to technology laying things down. Yeah. Like um, having a big issue at the moment with Teams where as soon as you start sharing an Excel document, the whole thing crashes. <laughs> so trying to do that is hard. So you end up both having the same thing open, but trying to be like, oh, it's actually in cell D30 if you look yeah, there. Yeah. So that does become difficult. But with what we do, that's probably once or twice a month that we need to do something specifically right. like that. Uh, printing has been a big thing. Um, yeah. But again, there's workarounds with that of just getting printers. Like, yeah. It's. I don't think that could be too bad. But no, I don't. I I've, I feel like I can do my job 100% from home and not have to go back to the office. Nice. But, That's, it's interesting because, like, I reckon if I'd have asked you that question at the end of 2019, you'd have probably been like, oh, no, I'd definitely have to be in the office some of the time. Like, I don't see how I could do that yet. Having done it for a while, it's like suddenly opened your eyes to it. And like from my point of view, I never I'm probably the opposite. I probably thought um I could just hundred percent work from home and like being a freelancer, the fact that I had a co working space that I went to, I could still work from home. It wasn't I didn't need to be in that co working space, that was for me more than anything else. Yeah. And I would have thought when the lockdown came in, I was like, Yeah, yeah, easy. I just set my laptop up at home rather than in the thing 
one thing I've noticed is like more so for me is like because I'm a freelancer, you work a lot on your own anyway. You have your own issues with the business and stuff like that. To then move out of the co-working space where there are other people, unless you're working on a project with somebody, you don't have any contact yeah. with them really. Um, so I would, I, I think when I go, I used to go in like Monday to Friday every day and I used to think like I only stayed at home if I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I think I would maybe stay at home a couple of days a week when we go back, but I would be three, maybe four days in the co-working space Yeah, going forward just for that, having people about and getting out the house point of view. Um, but in terms of if, like, has it affected how I do my work and stuff like that? No, no, I can do everything I need to do from here. The, yeah. Like you say, the only thing is, is that um, as part of the co-working space, you can use the printer and like, we've got a printer at home, but you'd much rather use someone else's when you're not paying for the ink. Yeah, no, too right. I, th- I, I think it's one of the things where people, I think people have in the head, well, I've always had to work in the office, so I have to be in the office to work. Yeah. Sort of thing. And, I get it. I, I get it from an employer's side, where obviously you want to make sure everyone's working. But again, there's ways around that that you can, such as timesheets. You can, like most software that you use, for, like Teams, kind of shows who's online, who's available, stuff like that. There's like there's ways around that, and obviously that's then the whole idea that you should be trusting your employees. Yeah. Anyway, if not, there's a bigger issue than just people working at home, sort of thing. Uh, but then I think yeah, it's just I think it's just people's mindsets of if you've been doing that your entire life sort of thing. Yeah. That's what you need to do. But the fact yeah, I don't know. Especially like how everything's moving as well. Like even little things like I've been setting up our voicemails at the office to go to email. Right, okay. So the voicemail comes up, it then leaves a message on the machine which then set, saves it as like an mp3 and uh, emails it out sort of thing. Oh, that's good. Which is great, and it's something that I don't think we would have ever set up before, but it ma- it makes so much sense, and especially like there was a new phone line that we set up that only rings one phone because it's for one specific person, it has its own unique voicemail, and then the idea was that phone will just get checked by this person whenever they're in the office, but I, I've just requested for that to change the same thing, because he's probably not going to be in the office most of the time, even... Yeah, like going forward or as it was before, so it makes no sense for him to then have to come in just to check that voice that one thing. Where whereas it can do that, and when you when you have things like that, or just the ability to forward calls to f- mobiles, you can still maintain that business presence as though your office is open without yeah the office being open. I think like the, the two things for me, like if I was a business owner, I'd be happy with people working from home, and um, like you say, if you don't trust your staff, that's a bigger issue than the working from home issue. Yeah. Um the the one thing I would I would be worried about as a business owner um is probably more the team side of it. You know, like have we actually got like working in marketing, if I had a team they'd be working collaboratively on stuff and if they've never seen each other potentially, if you brought on a new member of staff yeah. um because we know of people, don't we, that have started new jobs during this lockdown and they've not actually been into an office yet and how can they feel part of a team if they've never met physically the people that mm. and they've never done anything with them? Um, that's probably the biggest issue, I think. But yeah, I think in, generally speaking, because obviously, like I say, it doesn't really affect me working from home. But 
I remote work anywhere, not necessarily work from home, but yeah. my co-working space is remote working really um, from, from my client's point of view. So it doesn't really affect me, but I do think we'll see an increase in it. I think there'll be a lot more flexible working um, for people. And like you say, there's a lot of people who need to be in the office for part of their job um, for whatever reason. But then actually them being at home means they can be more productive. So having that blended approach yeah. allows them to have best of both worlds rather than just being stuck in an office nine till five the full yeah. time. Um, but yeah, so that kind of that remote working, working from home, leads me on to the next one, which is virtual events. Um, this is one I thought about kind of linked to the handshakes that I brought up earlier and like just thinking from my point of view. Um Will they will they carry on? And obviously, we mentioned it in the the beginning of the podcast introduction today about these events that are starting to happen. I don't think they will carry on in the same way that they are. I don't think we will have as many purely virtual events mm-hmm. happening. But what I I would like to see, and I'd I'd much rather go to an event. I'd much rather sit in the room, hear the person speak, network, that kind of thing. That's I've said it on the podcast before when we talked about networking. That's my way of networking is going to events rather than networking meetings. Um, so I'd I'd much rather have a physical event. Um, and I put on events myself, and having people in the room and having that discussion with them afterwards is so much better than ending the call and waiting for them to pick it up with you mm-hmm. um afterwards so but i think what we'll see is an increase in a virtual slash digital element to the event so the event will happen in a physical place but if you're unable to be there it will also be live streamed yeah. or there'll be some kind of way of interacting with that event whether it's uploaded afterwards but i think a lot of people before covid it was the event happened in a physical place and if you weren't there you didn't see it Whereas now I think we will see different ways for you to interact with that event, which I would like to see because there are lots of great events from people that I know that are happening all across the country. And there may be a local event that you know might be happening in Bristol. Well, it's not worth me travelling to Bristol for this one little talk, but if I can get involved in that, even pay an entry fee to see that event online afterwards, I'd happily do it because the speaker's really good or whatever. So yeah, that, that's where I think that's probably going and what I would like to see from it. What about yourself? I don't know if you get involved in many virtual events. I don't particularly, but just kind of thinking about what you were saying there, I think you could almost, there could almost be that added bonus part of there's parts of it that are online, parts of it are available, whereas there's other bits that you do only get from being in that physical location and not making it as a point as like, well, you've got to pay to turn up and... yeah be here sort of thing but more as in like you could almost have more going on yeah, yeah. if that was especially how you were saying then with the the distance sort of things like you could have an event with more guest speakers that yeah. instead of trying to get them all there could be coming in remotely sort of thing yes yeah, like a couple of physical speakers and then one who zooms in kind of thing something like that yeah and then yeah you could have different parts of it either been recorded or been put through live each that have their own different benefits really and because from there you could almost have it as i know if you went to an event you'd want everything to almost be there but if there's multiple sections to it yeah to get more out of it if bits are recorded like you've got your main event that you have to turn up to physically but you've got added 
parts going all around it that are recorded that you can maybe watch later as well. That's so. a really good shout because when we've done the Creative Point events back past last year, we were looking at like getting speakers over from like, Liverpool, Manchester way, and we were like thinking about budget for travel and hotel and stuff yeah. like that. And actually, if we could have a couple of maybe local speakers and then the headliner is a Zoom speaker or whatever, that would be a lot cheaper and a lot more cost effective for us to put on the event then. Yeah. So actually that's given me something to think about there. So that's very good. Um, I think as well, like in terms of like virtual events, it's like a digital version of a physical thing. And I think that kind of taps into a wider conversation around with um, retail and all like experiences and obviously Christmas shopping at the moment, most of it's been done online. Yeah. But we would, you know, in our group of friends, we will go do escape rooms and stuff like that, which we'd normally do a couple of year, maybe, you know, like when people are back. And we've, we've not done any this year because it's yeah. a physical thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm just interested to hear what you think about that kind of thing, like in terms of digital offerings. Um, it, I mean, if we just go up to along that uh, escape room thing, I have seen some places especially there's been one in Hull that tried, that did a like an online version of the escape room and I know someone from work who she she does loads of escape rooms like probably more than I've done to be fair yeah um, and she did it with one of her friends and she said it wasn't that good and I don't know if that's based on it's it doesn't have that physical element and that's what you're used to or if the whole thing itself just wasn't very well put together. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to judge, isn't it? But... Yeah, it's one of them things, like, I, I think the whole thing, especially with that, is you have that immersion in it, which I don't know how much you can get from a screen. Yeah. And I, I think, like, as well, it's like there's been a lot of retailers that we've heard about recently who don't have an online presence and have now had to create an online presence. Escape rooms have had to come up with some kind of way of connecting with their audience and what i'd really i don't want to see is like that offering to disappear when we go back to normal like yeah. i appreciate some things need to be done in person but surely I, I mean reach out to me if i'm completely wrong and this doesn't suit your business i'd love to chat to you about it but if you've been able to create a digital offering during this pandemic it might not be your main offering like an escape room you'd much rather have people in doing the escape room but if you've just got that sat on your website as something anybody can buy and one person a month buys it, well, that's extra revenue for your business. I mean, if it's costing you more time to put that thing on, then yeah, I get you wouldn't do it. But if it's just something that can be bought, downloaded and used or like you say, like online retail, surely once you've got the shop set up and you've got your management systems in place for stock and stuff like that, once somebody buy it, you wouldn't then take that offline when we move yeah. back to physical shops, because I think that's one area we will see that people's um, like buying habits will have changed. Um, like I know for myself, I really like buying from local businesses around Christmas and stuff like that. Um, and I've been reaching out to a lot of them and like saying, like, do you have vouchers or that kind of thing? Cause they're not something that I can buy now and will keep. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh no, we don't really do vouchers and stuff like that. Whereas normally the week before Christmas, I'd be popping into the shop, buying it and taking it home yeah. or whatever. And it's like, it's just like, I do feel for them, but it's like as well, like what what's holding them back? 
And I'm not yes. I'm not judging them for that. I'm, I genuinely want to know what's holding them back. What, yeah. what? Is it maybe the cost to entry? Is it too expensive to put these systems in place? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's some really good stuff. I know locally, um, I don't know if you've heard about it, but KCOM are doing like a virtual market. Um, so if you're a local retailer, you can just go on there, list like what you do, and then it's like this one big marketplace where everyone can go on and you can browse all okay. local retailers and then you can pick them and you, it's got like links through to all their websites and stuff. You can't, I don't think you can buy through that specific platform, but you can find all the different retailers and stuff, which is great for like a, you know, like a little independent who's not had an online app, but doesn't have that exposure to a big, you know, is yeah. dependent on footfall, let's say, yeah. um, at Christmas markets or something. Then they've got this great little outlet there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I saw, I'd seen something, not a, but based on that, what you just said, not for the KCOM thing, but you know, you see a lot of make sure you are buying locally and from small businesses and everything. Yeah. And yeah, 100% get, getting behind all that. But I'd seen a stat, it was online, so always you, you don't know how truthful these things are. But it was reviews and feedback from small independents that use Amazon. Right, okay. And their main source of income through all of this has been their sales on Amazon because it's that platform there where they can go on and sell. And I I think it's one of of the things you've got to be careful with it because, yeah, by by all means, go out. If there's a local shop that you can get into and buy something, then, yeah, great. But if they're not there, it's also checking to see if they do have the online presence or if they do even have something through... Amazon or something like that. Like, yeah, it might not, obviously it's like he's doing what you can for that there without just going. Oh well, if it's Amazon, then it's just all of it's going to Amazon, sort of thing. No, you can you can drill down into it and find who that retailer is and yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, just on that, like, um, I was buying a book for somebody and it was like I did the same thing. Like, tried to look and. Um, found that they were selling through Amazon and I was like, oh, looking at it that way. But then I found that they did have a website, so I ended up buying through the website. Yeah. But Because um, one thing that puts some retailers off doing that is that Amazon obviously take a cut. Um, of but I remember um, guest of the podcast, um, Peter Watson, so not Peter Andrews who we had on this year, but Peter Watson who's on last series. Um, he... I don't know if he said it on my podcast, but I listened to a lot of the stuff he says, and he said there was a guy that he was speaking to who had a restaurant and didn't want to be on Deliveroo, mm-hmm. where, or whatever the local delivery thing was. Like, no, no, we don't want to be on there. They take a cut, they take a cut. <clears throat> and then I think as part of the pandemic, they'd moved on to Deliveroo, and like that had been their whole income. They'd had like no direct orders, yeah. and they were like, oh my God, Deliveroo's amazing, and like this, and they were like, he was like, oh, I thought they took too much of a cut. And he was like, oh, no, it's better. And he was like, basically saying, even without the pandemic, surely if Deliveroo bring you orders, if they're taking 20%, well, you wouldn't have had them orders if it wasn't for Deliveroo. So you're still getting 80% more than what you would have got. You would have had before. So, did, you, did you see the Deliveroo show on Channel 4? Um, I think I saw some of ago? it. Yeah, I don't think I watched all of it. I think I saw yeah. some of it. I, I was going to say I watched the majority of it, but I ended up going to bed before it finished. But that that was really interesting. Like there was a couple on there that had 
they were saying pretty much all their stuff comes through Deliveroo to the point where the, the new restaurant that they was making, they had a separate kitchen for Deliveroo orders. Yeah, I remember them saying they've literally built their business around being effective for Deliveroo, wasn't it? Like the, yeah. the delivery drivers came in through a different draw, door and picked yeah. stuff up and went out a different way and all like this. Like, yeah, it just shows the power that oh, it has. Yeah, it's... It, it, <laughs> It's the convenience. <laughs> yeah. And I think as well that what they were doing that was smart was, yeah, they built it around Deliveroo, so it was effective for them, but they also had their own outlets as well. Like, you could walk yes. in and buy stuff. And I think the same goes for social media marketing. If you're dependent, if, like, all your business comes through one platform, but if something changes on that platform and everyone migrates away from it, or in five years' time it's no longer around, yep. you've lost your business source. You need to be not dependent on one way of doing business which is probably what we're seeing with the physical stores if they've been dependent on one outlet then i'll suffering because they didn't have the others which is it's it's, it's very difficult um, yeah. but yeah so that yeah virtual events kind of covered that and kind of that other digital element of things onto your final um element of the lockdown yeah which kind of stems from that previous one um but it's the <coughs> zoom meetings yeah, or Teams meetings which, or whatever teams it might be. Whatever yeah. it is, which I, I suppose it kind of covers everything we've discussed so far, really. Yeah. But the, I, I, I mean, I think they're great for a couple of reasons. One, it's the not having to be in that physical location so you can get in as many people as you need. And just how, how quickly you can adjust it as well. Yeah. Like, my day-to-days aren't pretty set in stone like i know what i need to get done each day yeah and i know if i have certain meetings and stuff but if someone comes to me and goes i need to push this meeting by an hour or so i find it's a lot easier with it being a zoom meeting than it is if it's like okay well i was actually planning on getting to the room at this point or yeah the, i don't know it just takes that element away from it. it's like all oh, right yeah i can do that because i can just i can just, just carry yeah. on doing whatever it is now and I know it all. It also comes down to like preparation for meetings, but I find a lot of meetings that I have, while going through what the actual agenda is, there's also other bits that come up, and because I have my laptop there, it's like, all right, yeah, let me just pull that up quickly, and I can grab that, and we'll discuss through that. Whereas normally, if I'm in a meeting, especially if I'm in the office, I don't often have my laptop with me because we're going in to talk about that one specific thing. I've got yeah. any printouts that I need. I've got pen and paper i don't really have any yeah. to then go on to something else which then leads to oh right yeah i'll make a note of that i'll find out and then we'll come back and yeah. do it basically like perfect example was i was talking to someone the other day and needed to chase well needed them to chase some people so as i was saying it they were opening up emails and typing out the emails and just sending them all off one after the other while <laughs> doing nice. it yeah whereas if we'd I know for a fact if if we'd had the meeting in the office because it's a weekly meeting, neither of us would have really had the laptops there, sort of thing. So yeah. it's just I, the added benefit of that. I think that's one big area. Is like if you were to be seen to be jumping on your laptop during a meeting, it might be seen as rude. Whereas I've been on a few Zoom meetings where like I've not, I'm kind of there for like one specific bit, but there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. So while they're talking about the other stuff, I'm just cracking on with yeah. other bits. But if I was doing that in the actual meeting, it'd be seen as rude. Whereas yes. on the Zoom, like. Oh, the teams I can't really tell not that I should that should be the reason I'm doing it but it just feels a lot more relaxed yeah it does um but from my point of view I 
I've, I've kind of got two sides to this argument, mm-hmm. whether or not I think they'll stick around. So, first one is, is like from my personal point of view, um, we discussed before we came on air, I'm looking at a new laptop, um, and I have actually checked out is the webcam better than what I've currently got. Um, and if not, I might get a webcam for Christmas. Like, so like I'm conscious of them sticking around. Um, however, on the other side, what's quite interesting is I, I started doing some work earlier this year with somebody down south, and um, I probably would have reached them. They've probably come across me anyway had the pandemic not happened. So they probably would have ended up being a client this year. Yeah. Pandemic on a pandemic. I've never had a Zoom meeting with them, and they're based down south. Okay. We've only had telephone conversations, and I think that's because we both acknowledge, without having spoken about it, we wouldn't have had a meeting anyway. We wouldn't have had a face-to-face meeting yeah. in the real world. It would have all been done over the phone and email. So we've never... We've, I think we maybe had one, but it was when I was trying to show him how to do something, and I would have probably done that over mm-hmm. Zoom or Teams. Uh, probably Skype, actually, because everyone used Skype before lockdown. Yes. Um, I'd have probably shown him how to Skype um, it, had we not been in lockdown. However, we've started doing some work with a... Uh, well, I'm about to start doing some work, hopefully, with a local company um, based north of Hull, and every meeting we've had about that project has been on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, had we not have been in lockdown we would have all been meeting in person and i think that's quite interesting and that's why i think i don't i don't know whether zoom meetings will carry on going forward because they've only really well in my world they've only replaced the physical meetings and once we can do the physical meetings i think we'll go back to doing the physical meetings in the same way i said about handshakes i think there's something about being in a room with somebody that you'd much rather be doing that mm-hmm. um, and also a lot of the meetings I have is with people from co-working so I will be in the co-working with them so I will have them physically there so actually and the people who a Zoom meeting would be ideal for I would have done a phone call with and I am still doing phone calls with so yeah I'm, I'm not sure on that one I think for me probably not as much I think I will see a drop off I think in some circumstances there will be the opportunity where I'll go actually that would be better on Zoom yeah. so we'll do it over Zoom but I think in the wider context, I think across general business, if I'm just, you know, general, I think Zoom's here to stay. I think it, it will drop off, obviously, once we all get back in. And like you say, if you're back in the office working with your team, you're not going to do a Zoom meeting across the office. You're going to go into an off meeting room. So it will drop off. But I think across general business, people will keep doing Zoom meetings, especially if you're down like somewhere in London, you know, like we've had some friends who live down there. It can take like an hour or two to get across London. Like, yeah. You're not going to do that. I think you'll just gotta jump on Zoom instead, um, unless it's a big closing kind of meeting where you need a handshake as well. Then uh, you'll uh, probably just stick to Zoom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what? No, that's fair. Do you do you feel, and this could be from business side or personal side, do you feel like you have to meet people to have a good conversation, sort of thing? Um, like, say say. Because for me, like, I know this year we've hardly seen each other at all, yeah. but because we've pretty much had a Zoom meeting, I'd say at least once a week, give yeah. or take, really, the, the way that it's panned out, I don't feel like we've kind of missed anything, like, conversation-wise. Yeah, I think, so I'm basing this as well, like, on every experience I've had yeah. this year, not just, like, on us two, but, like, with family, like, 
I've had more for like cousins and aunties and uncles and stuff like that. I've had more conversations with them. Now, them conversations hasn't been as good, I don't think, as if I'd met them in person, because it's normally like seven or eight different families on the call. Yeah. But I've had more contact with them. So I think it kind of like balances itself out. Like you're saying, we've had a Zoom meeting every week, and like, I don't know if we'd have done that if we didn't have to do Zoom meetings. I think we'd have probably met up every couple of weeks. Yeah. I think their meetings would have probably been a bit better, and like, the conversation would have flowed a bit easier, and... It's easier. It's much more relaxed when there's a bit of a pause, or you're just looking around, and obviously, there's as well more stuff will have been happening. So there's more to talk about, and if you're in a pub, you're seeing things that are sparking conversation and yeah. stuff like that. So I do think meeting up in person, you get better quality. But actually, I think what's made up for that lack of quality is you're speaking to people more often. Yeah. Um. But like. If you take the co-working example for me, I, like I said, I'm only really speaking to people from co-working if I'm working on a project with them and mm-hmm. it is either a meeting about the work or it's a f- quick phone call like, oh, Matt, have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen this. Oh, great. Can you get that sent out to me? Yeah, no worries. Right, I'll speak to you later. Bye. Whereas when I'm in co-working, we go out for lunch together. We bump into each other in the kitchen. You know, we just chat in reception or whatever. Like, you build a much better relationship, I think. Yeah that way um, but I don't think it's been like when people are like you can't meet people at the beginning of the year I think everyone thought that was like social life and connections ruined but I don't think it's been that bad personally no, no I I think I mean obviously a lot of cases it has been hard like obviously seeing people but staying in touch with people as well like I, I do think through this year even though it's been like it's been awful not seeing people like yeah. it's just not been great but I think that a lot of people as well, I've noticed a lot of people do actually take the time to stay in touch and keep in touch. Like, just, you ha- seem to have more conversation. Like, I know you were saying then, where, like, say if you're in the pub or something like that, like, if it was to meet up, you talk about what, like, how's work been doing? What activities have you done? What have you got planned? Sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot more people will just generally, genuinely text you saying, how are you doing today? Like, yeah. Like, I've had a lot more people ask, not just like what I've been doing, but say if I've like watched a film or like read a book or something like that, or played a game even. And I don't know if it's just to fill the conversation off. People obviously just that more interested. You get the more things like, all right, so what did you enjoy about that? What, like, yeah. how did that one make you feel? Sort of thing. Like how how's all that and I don't know in, in some ways I feel like we're a lot further apart from people but then I also feel a lot closer to people at the same time I think as well like um, pe- the fact that we had to find some form of entertainment at the beginning of the year when you literally could only go out for one form of exercise a day I think the fact that people did stuff a bit different to you became normal and like it was okay to have them weird interests and actually I'll talk to you about that weird thing that you do you know like I don't know, like, I go into sports cards, like, normally I'd have probably just done that, no one would have really known, but yeah. the fact that we have nothing else to talk about and we appreciate that everyone's got to find something to keep them entertained, more people kind of talk to me about it. Yeah, I feel oh. like that having a hobby has become a lot more normalised again. You know, if Definitely, you kind yeah. of say to someone, I have a hobby, for me, whenever someone says that, you kind of think... I don't know why, you know, like stamp collecting or something like yeah, that. It's gonna be whereas, a bit geeky or whatever, yeah. Yeah, whereas having a hobby could be like biking, running, like 
it's, yeah. it's anything like that, isn't it? Whereas people would kind of see that, like, so if you're, oh, yeah, my hobby's football, they'd think, all oh, right, you you go you play you go play football, you go watch football, something like that. Like, yeah. they wouldn't say it as my hobby is football. Yeah, and I think as well, even the geekier, nerdier ones, like your stamp collectors stuff, they've become normalised as well. Like, oh, it's really interesting that you do that. Why do you do it? What's it? What? Tell me a bit more about it, kind of thing. Like, that, I think people have started having a lot more interest in people than interest in things. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I, I give you this: you can t- so two different variations, obviously, from the business side and the personal side. Business side, you can have a meeting. Um, like you say, you're not very customer facing, so it's a bit different. And but you're gonna, you've got to have a meeting with someone outside the organisation. Let's say, would you rather do it over Zoom or in in person? And you've got to catch up with a friend. Would you rather go to the pub and catch up, or would you rather do it over Zoom? Hmm. I think the business one, I'd go Zoom. Okay. Yeah. And also the second part, which was what I was almost trying to get the conversation towards but I didn't really know how to say it is personally I don't feel that much of a difference to me anyway between going to the pub and meeting their friend in person to having a FaceTime with them right cool for for me I'm I'm happy with either because it's for me it's the conversation with the person that I'm looking for it's not yeah any not any form of physical attribute obviously like if we wanted to meet someone to go do a specific thing, then that's different. But if I'm meeting someone yeah. to have a conversation, I, that for me that could be a phone call, that could be a, like a video call, or that could be in person. To me, it doesn't particularly matter. Yeah. Okay. So for me, business wise, I'd much rather meet in person, just yeah. because, like doing it over Zoom. I've been doing these consultations, like they're good, but you still just kind of that awkward like stop start and like letting each other go, kind of. It's just much easier to like. Yeah, no, you can talk over each other a bit better. I know you shouldn't really talk over each other, but you can keep okay. it moving. And I think if someone wants a conversation, then I think Zoom or phone call or whatever person is absolutely fine. I just think from that back and forth and jumping in and taking the mick out of each other or whatever it might be, I think it would be better in person. I'm not saying necessarily at the pub or whatever. Mm-hmm. The big difference, which I think we're probably not think about here is like um we over christmas we always do which we've tried to do a a walk every year like group of us meet up go to a pub and go for a walk and stop at a couple of pubs now obviously there's the walking element of that but having a group that size on zoom just wouldn't work work. and also like you split off into your little groups and you chat to and like everyone i think a few people have done events like um Hindus or stag do's or that kind of thing and they split you off into rooms but it's very forced it's not natural and um, whereas when you're at the pub you'll just be chatting to that person and they'll say oh, i'm going to get a drink so then you'll start talking to that person and you'll just move around in it i think definitely on the bigger groups that's what i think that's what it's the, the biggest like, difference yeah. where it just it just doesn't work like the amount of times that you've heard it like oh, can you put, put yourselves on mute it's like it's, it's a group thing like and i know it, you need to be on mute for it to work but it's basically one person talking to everybody, yeah. not a group conversation. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting conversation to have, as, yeah. as ever. We say it every time we do something like this, we'd love to hear everyone else's views on this. So if you've got views on handshakes, working from home, virtual events, Zoom meetings, or 
and from both from a business and personal point of view as we've kind of moved on to towards the end there then yeah we'd love to hear from you but um i think that's a good place to to leave it for this for this episode yeah stick around as we will be at the end talking about one last little thing So this week, just to round off, I'm just going to quickly talk about a new offering. If Tom's going to be like, the, you guys, like if he's got any questions that he thinks I haven't covered or answered in terms of this, then he'll jump in and ask them, hopefully. But I just mentioned it in the last bit very briefly, but I'm offering free consultations. It's a new thing. I've kind of done it, but I've never really formalised it. Um, I used to offer social media audits, but it, it doesn't people aren't really interested in that so what i'm doing is offering free consultations and basically what it is is it's a 30 minute call jump on with me and i'll answer any questions you have kind of give you some pointers if there's a specific issue that you want me to cover let me know in advance and i'll kind of try and do a little bit of work on it not too much um if you want me to look at a certain profile whatever i'll look at it and try and just give you some feedback give you some pointers and then there is no obligation to carry on working with me off the back of this but i will just kind of tell you about how we could potentially work together in ways that you can access what i do and that might just be sign up to my newsletter so if you listen to the pod sign up to my newsletter um but it might just be that i might think that's completely appropriate for you so i will only recommend that um but yeah if you're interested in them do let me know um i think it's quite a straightforward thing but I think that's because I'm talking about it. Is there anything you think I've missed, Tom? Like, Yeah, how do we get in touch? How do we get in touch? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you should be able to sing along with me here. It's at the MJ Social on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, the MJ Social for my business account, or just search for Matt Johnson, and uh, hopefully it'll pop up. There's a lot of us, Matt Johnsons, yeah. but hopefully you're connected to someone who's connected to me, and I pop up near the top. Um, but yeah, just on any of them platforms, drop me a message um, and then we'll just book in a book in a time that works for both of us, just half an hour. Um, yeah, this seems it's got some good feedbacks from the one I've done so far. I've got another one coming up this week and yeah, fingers crossed they help them out as well as much as them um, potentially into some work. I don't yeah. know, but hopefully they help the people out the other end. So yeah, if you want one of them, like I said, free, no obligation, just drop me a message. And also, if you've got any ideas, feedback, comments, whatever it might be for the pod, it's the same way at the MJ Social on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Our long list is a bit short at the moment. We need to do some work on it, but that's why we've kind of been doing set topics recently, just to try and protect what we have got left on the long list. Um, But yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off, Tom? No, I think that's everything covered. Yep. so if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, share it with a friend, all the usual stuff. But until next time, thanks for listening.